This podcast may contain mature content, strong language and spoilers. Hello and welcome to episode 28 of the HD Movie Podcast. I'm Darren Gaskell. I'm Hayley Alice Roberts and we are still on the series of Summer of Sharks. Yes, it's the third movie in the series. Which one are we going to take on this week? Well, we'll find out on the other side of this. And the shark movie featuring in this episode is a low-budget, lesser-known film available on Amazon Prime for free, may I add. It's titled Shark and Saw Women's Prison Massacre, made in 2015, and it's directed by Chopping Mall's Jim Wynorski. So um, we've got that little connection back to um, one of our episodes a few uh, weeks ago um which we like we always like to um build on the continuity on these podcasts while we really really enjoy chopping mall can't really say the same for this one but we'll just get into that shortly <laughs> so synopsis for shark and saw women's prison massacre the synopsis provided again by nick Reganus, who very helpfully provided us the sharknado synopsis in the last episode so what does nick have to say about this one here we go Human greed and a rapacious local fracking company fracture a subterranean water pocket in Arkansas, releasing deadly amphibious sharks from the depths of prehistory. Now, an unsuspecting group of female prisoners on work detail and their guards find themselves up against the voracious apex predators that infest the broad Arkansas bayou, and absolutely no one is safe. These bloodthirsty sharks rule the swamps, who shall live and who shall die in the Shark and Saw Women's Prison Massacre? And it's more like, who cares? <laughs> this movie <laughs> this movie was such a disappointment. When you've got such an epic title like Shark and Saw Women's Prison Massacre, and it's essentially a marriage between shark movies and women's prison movies, and you think you're going to have exploitation gold with this, this movie is a bit on the tame side. There's not a lot of gore in it, and the gore that there is and it is very cgi based and if you're expecting a bit of nudity and a bit of flesh don't get too excited because you're not going to get much of that either in this film it's very odd it wasn't a film i could say i even enjoyed like i think it wants to be that audience crowd pleaser because obviously it's got these like two like giants of exploitation cinema in one film but it just yeah, it just doesn't work. I don't understand what it was trying to achieve. Yeah, it's a strange one. And the, the fact that it's two great exploitation genres smashed together and managing to make neither a decent women's prison movie nor a decent shark attack movie. You're right about the gore. It's very, very low key. There's not an awful lot of blood in it. The fact that it is a women's prison movie, yes, there's skimpy outfits. 
but there's no nudity. In terms of bad language, it's very, very, very mild. There's no effing and blinding in this movie at all. It's, it's just a strange movie. I don't understand where they're pitching this at. It's kind of TV movie level fair. It's not really offensive in any way. I, I expect my exploitation movies, especially this sort, to be at least challenging. And considering the subject matter and how the setup works, and the fact that you've got Tracy Lords in it as well at one point, I was expecting something a lot more meaty than, than what I was given. It's ridiculously stupid. And I think the original shot of the shark at the very start where it's coming up the river isn't too bad, considering. And that kind of lulled me into a false sense of security because I thought, well, this is very daft. But if the sharks are going to be like this all the way through the movie, then it might at least have some entertainment value. But the CGI just gets worse and worse and worse the longer this movie drags on. And let's be honest, this movie does drag on, considering it's an exploitation piece and it's got a cast of people who are just there to be shark food. My God, does it drag its feet. I completely agree with you there. At first I was like, yeah, this is okay. Interested to see where it's going. Not particularly enjoying it that much. But by the end, I was like, when is this movie going to finish? And interestingly, um, going back to what you were saying about how tame this film is as well. Like I noticed when I started playing it on Amazon Prime that it's a 13 plus rating. So I I was a little bit like, okay, this is probably not going to be what I'm expecting. I just think it's disappointing when you've got a title like this. I mean, this title insinuates like you're going to get all this like crazy stuff happening, like really bad taste, controversial things, but it has none of those things. And I think this is why we're complaining because we wanted something probably quite offensive and, and a bit over the top and a bit stupid, but this really plays it safe. Yeah, I mean, if you're thinking, you know, the Jim Winorski, the stuff he's done in the past, and the fact that you've got a decent enough cast in there, it just fails on pretty much every single level. The script isn't even dumb enough that you can have fun with. There's a couple of bits where it starts to head towards a direction where you think it's going to start getting better. It doesn't. The subplot with Tracy Lords. Now, I'm a massive fan of Tracy Lords, and I was really pleased to see her in here. But she gets nothing to do. She's this law enforcement official who's spinning all this wisdom to this green partner that she's breaking in. But all it does is stall the rest of the action because they have very, very little influence on any of the proceedings up until about an hour and five minutes in. And the movie's only 85 or so minutes. So all the stuff with Tracy Lords just seems to be padding, which is a bit of a shame, really. I mean, I don't mind Tracy Lords being in a movie, and it's nice to see her. She seems to be having a reasonable amount of fun with this, even though her part is absolutely redundant. I'm not entirely sure what she's doing there. You could have cut all the investigation scenes out, and it would have made no difference to this movie. Yeah, it's obviously they were kind of um, scouting for more time by adding these scenes in. Again, yeah, I felt it really derailed the film and added nothing, no substance to it at all. And it was just really boring. It's just these two cops speaking to each other. 
Um, and as you say, it's not really that connected to the rest of the plot. So there's no point of it, really. It's just a, a really odd film, as you, as you say. It's just disappointing. And it's something like we just wanted more from. And yeah, none of the characters are particularly memorable. They're all a bit one-dimensional, a bit one-note. Like, I can't really remember any of their names or anything that specific about them. You know, there's kind of hints at, like, some of the women, um, you know, will use their sexual prowess against the um, prison guards that have taken them out to do this work. But um, it doesn't really go anywhere. So it, it doesn't have any sex scenes, barely any violence, to be honest. And, and any sort of shark attacks it has is really, really quick. It's just like you'll blink and you'll miss it. I do kind of like that the, the sharks do move out of the water and they can just kind of, like swim under roads and pavements and god knows what i mean that, that that's quite inventive that's a bit different it's like you're not safe in the water but you're not safe out of the water but if this had been done in a better film then i think it could have been a lot more entertaining it's just full of really strange decisions the fact that when they find somebody torn apart the choice they make is that the body is cgi instead of having some practical effects and some prosthetics the body is CGI, and it looks utterly ridiculous, considering it's supposed to be this scene of carnage. You just look at it and think, I, I mean, I don't even recognise that as a proper gore scene. And it's just got weird sort of non-sequiturs in it. At one point, they're trapped in this cabin out in the middle of nowhere, and somebody finds a first edition of A Tale of Two Cities in a cabin in the middle of nowhere. How? How would that be? And it's just to sort of go on about this, you know, one of them is a bit more literary, that she's found books in prison and it's it's broadened her horizons. But why would you find the first edition of a Charles Dickens book in the middle of nowhere in Arkansas, in a cabin, which seems to just have peaches and beans in its pantry? They keep going on about peaches and beans. Now, I've never eaten that as a combo. It sounds absolutely disgusting to me, but... I am reliably informed that that is an actual menu item in that part of the world. Wow, I've never known that. <laughs> so at least they've got a bit of culture in there, I suppose. Interestingly, I just found this in bit of information on Wikipedia, but a website called culturecrypt.com apparently provided an in-depth review of the film that initially cited the film as a failed Kickstarter campaign and that foreshadowed the disappointing nature of the final project. So... Yeah, that's quite interesting. So it, it was something that obviously didn't really appeal to anybody. Nobody was that desperate to see this movie get made, but it got made anyway, and it was still a huge letdown. It just goes nowhere. At least there's a little bit of intrigue in guessing who's going to die and in what order, because sometimes it's not the people you think who are going to die. Certainly, spoilers if you haven't seen it, although... I don't see that you're going to want to watch this anyway. But there's kind of a romantic subplot which gets introduced because there are some geologists that stumble upon the female prisoners and there's a bit of a romantic spark between one of the geologists and one of the prisoners and you think, oh, these are going to be the final two. Well, they're not because both of them end up getting killed off. The male geologist gets killed off pretty quickly. So... It's got some level of professionalism and intrigue, but it's really, really pushed down most of it. 
I mean, it's not even exploitative enough to have fun with because everything's toned down so much. It could safely play on afternoon television, even with the fact that there's gratuitous hot tub scenes. There's no nudity in the hot tub scenes. So I really don't know who this movie is for. There's things like um, Tracy Loss seems to be obsessed with things from nostalgia that she finds a vintage cola bottle at one point and she makes a big play about finding this cola bottle out in the middle of nowhere. It's nothing to do with the movie at all. It's just extraneous dialogue that they're just chucking in to stall for time. And some of the dialogue is just so on the nose. At one point somebody says, oh, I think we just had an encounter with a land shark. What? No human being would say that. What the hell is a land shark? It's, you know, or as opposed to a sea shark. It's just full of like. I like movies with dumb dialogue, but the dialogue in this is so willfully dumb. It just doesn't come across properly at all. I'm. It's incredibly frustrating this movie because it's got such a good concept and they do absolutely nothing with it all the way through. Yeah, and I think that's why we are so mad at this film, because it just did not deliver on any level. And as you say, like, the whole land shark thing, um, yeah, you wouldn't really react like that, because it would be something completely unheard of, and they're meant to be, like, prehistoric um, sharks. They're not even regular sharks that you get in other movies of this um, genre, but... Oh, it is just terrible, and it's not worth your time. I'm, you know, like, no offence to anyone who's involved in this project, you know, like, you know, if you want to make this good for you, but seriously, again, I don't know who this movie was created for, and it is just really, really boring, and well, it's one of the worst that I've probably seen, but I think we've definitely covered worse on this podcast. I didn't, like, hate on it, like, something like Falling in Love or Tulpa, or walking on sunshine, any of those. Like I preferred this to those, but still, that that's not saying a lot, really. And it's got a twenty nine percent audience score on Rotten Tomatoes and a three point one out of ten on IMDb, which I think is quite generous considering. Yeah, yeah, I can't really say that it would have scored any more for me. I generally think. Tracy Loz is kind of a calming influence when I see her in movies. It's that sort of touchstone. I like to see her in there. Even in this, I was getting bored with it. If I'm getting bored with Tracy Loz being in a movie, this movie must be dull, and it's exceptionally dull. Also, it's put together in a really cheap way. At the start, there are just signs that have been knocked up to make you think you're in certain places. It looks like it's a reception to a motel and they've stuck something on the outside that says Arkansas State Prison for Women. That is not the entrance to a prison. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like the like minimum security possible. And these people are supposed to have, you know, been in for drug trafficking and assault and all this sort of stuff. Whereas they're walking out of something that looks like the fucking Crossroads Motel at the start. It's utterly ridiculous. It also, it reminded me a bit of that Jess Franco movie, Women Behind Bars, where they're supposed to be in this maximum security prison. And when you look behind them when they're having dinner, there's a bloody tennis court out of the back. It's that sort of thing. And I know they didn't have a lot of money to do with this. But come on, if you're going to have something that's going to take you out of it in any way, shape or form, don't shoot it that way. You don't have to have 
a building with Arkansas State Prison for Women on it, you know that the prisoners just have them driving out in the van. You don't need to refer to the prison at all. But no, everything, everything about this movie is cloddopingly inept. It's just so boring as well. I've watched this twice now. I've got no idea why I've watched this twice. I hated it even more the second time. I thought I'd get something out of it. I thought that I was being a bit grumpy the first time that I'd done it for a bad film club that I'm in. But no, no, it's utterly dreadful, this. It's so dull. It's unforgivably dull. And that's the problem. If it had been gory and tasteless and it had a bit of nudity in it and it had been properly exploitative, I wouldn't be ranting about it now. But it is so weak, this movie. It's such a weedy attempt at a shark movie. I, oh, God. Grab yourself a glass of water. <laughs> but the thing is, this film was so bad, you went and watched it twice, then inflicted it on me. <laughs> so I have no words right now. <laughs> but what you were saying, going back to the beginning of the film, it generally looked like they were just leaving a motel or a cabin or something. And as you say, like, it just makes it have that really amateur quality. And it's the kind of movie that if I was writing a review on it, I would have just given it one star, you know, and that was me being kind because we're not allowed to, like, rate zero on certain horror movie sites or anything. But I can't believe you sat through this twice. I can't believe I'm... it either. <laughs> I'm going to die happy in the knowledge that I don't have to see this again. <laughs> and I'm not going to recommend it to anyone. So, sorry, Shark and Solo Women's Prison Massacre. I'm afraid that it's not a hit from either of us. Even with Tracy Laws in this, I cannot recommend it. Even to die-hard Tracy Laws completists, just don't watch this movie. It's got nothing here for you. It's a complete waste of time. Sorry, Jim. Chopping Mall is great. This isn't. Yeah, and as we said at the beginning of this series, the um, quality of these movies after Jaws is probably going to go downhill rapidly. And I think we've hit the bottom of the ocean with this one. I do wish we could chat longer. And that's it for episode 28 of the HD Movie Podcast. As always, thank you for listening. And if you liked what you heard, please follow us on our social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at HD Movie Podcast. If you have any film recommendations that are hopefully better than the movie we've just discussed, please let us know and we will add them to our list and hopefully cover them in the future for you. Next time, are we going to do another Summer of Sharks movie? Of course we're going to do another Summer of Sharks movie. What's on the menu next time? So next week we are going to be looking at a lesser known sequel to quite a well-known popular shark film we are going to be looking at 47 meters down uncaged and i can already tell you i had a better time with this one than uh shark and saw women's prison massacre yeah i think probably getting kicked in the balls is better for me than shark and saw women's prison massacre and again as i said before this is not an uh, an invitation for people to come and kick me in the balls just because i didn't like a movie but until then stay safe everybody and we'll see you soon The HD Movie Podcast is presented by Hayley Alice Roberts and Darren Gaskell. Its music is written and performed by Mitch Bain. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Player FM, 
Listen Notes and Podbean. <laughs>